Hi, I'm Brandon Webb, former Navy SEAL and New York Times bestselling author. If you're like me, you want real security and defense news you can trust. You're probably tired of hearing the same talking heads, guys who have never seen the front lines, saying the same BS a hundred different ways. It's why I founded SoftRep.com, military-grade news produced entirely by our staff of military veteran journalists. Sign up at SoftRep for real news, real experience, real experts. SoftRep does what the mainstream media can't, deliver authentic content straight from the front lines. Sign up for a free trial membership today, and I'll give you my best-selling ebook, The Red Circle, for free. But that's not all. Your SoftRep membership also includes access to cutting-edge defense and security news by military experts, access to our award-winning documentaries, ebooks, special member events, and much more. So what are you waiting for? Let us know you're in. Sign up for your free trial membership today. Join our community at SoftRep.com. That's S-O-F-R-E-P dot com. Brute Force. If it doesn't work, you're just not using enough. You're listening to Software Radio. Special Operations Military News and straight talk with the guys in the community. Okay, Software Radio, on target, on time, and this week I've got a very special guest. I'm in MOD Whitehall, the big building, the adult building, I call it. It's the head shed, and I'm with a very special guest on my show today, Johnny Mercer, MP. Johnny, is that, is that your official title? Field Marshal Mercer Field Marshal. Is, um, is one that's just going through the system at the moment. Okay. And it's on time, on target, not on, ta- on target, on time. That's it, it's see? Well, that's it. I'll, I'll, just, I'll put that in there just to see if you notice, you know what I mean? So <laughs> absolutely on point, this geezer, as I'm telling you. There's nothing gets past our Johnny. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot. So, John, what, yeah, right, you, 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 this role that you've got in the... Let's have a quick chat about the role that you've got with yeah. the government. What are you doing? What is right, your... so I obviously left in 2014 because I wasn't happy between the relationship between uh, political and, and the military and in this country. With... I was with 2-9, it's my parent unit. Okay, uh, awesome 2-9 unit. Commando in Plymouth. Awesome Great little unit. place, amazing little place. So I became an MP and uh, the Member of Parliament of Plymouth. And then when Boris Johnson became Prime Minister, he asked me to set up the UK's, or I established the UK's first Office of Veterans Affairs. And essentially, we're on task to reset this country's relationship with her veteran community. And that covers everything from mental health care provision through to the narrative around veterans, which I think needs a little bit of work, through to vexatious prosecutions and um, things like that. So uh, it's a very broad portfolio. It's a lot of time, a lot of effort, but I think we'll make real progress. The ones that jump in straight away then are obviously Soldier F. If if I interviewed you and didn't mention Soldier F, I'm going to get absolutely ripped to pieces by people. Where are we with that, mate? Where, 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 what is that? Listen, so, so with these cases, right, I can comment on the like generalities of the policy and stuff. I obviously, because I'm a government minister, I can't put a comment on individual absolutely, cases. Absolutely. Um, with legislation, look, 
What we're not seeking to do is shut the door on prosecuting anybody who's committed a crime in uniform. And if they have committed a crime in uniform, then we have a duty to uh, to prosecute these individuals. What we are looking to do is bring to an end the kind of vexatious mass marketing of claims that we saw under people like Phil Shiner in the IHAT process that, in, in my view, goes on to this day from other theatres and bring forward legal protections to make sure that people who've served their country can't be chased into old age simply on the off chance they can't remember something and lawyers try and make a prosecution stick. Because a lot so, of the cases that have been brought up had been dealt with previously, but have now... Well, this is the issue. You know, this is. is the issue. Where there is no new evidence... The Prime Minister was very clear uh, that he will not allow veterans and service personnel to be to be chased by these people, and uh, we will bring forward legislation to make sure that's the case. And so, taking that on the other side is obviously that would when you've got the, the the fact that these, for want of a word, Irish people were given letters of comfort. Do you think we would ever get the same sort of thing where where we'd be issued a letter of comfort to say, look, it's not going to happen to you anymore? Or do you think that would be what will eventually happen? Is we'll get a an, an agreement passed which will say you won't be hounded? Well, I, I mean, I'd like to be in a position where there is certainty for veterans and whether that's a letter or anything else. I want to be in a position where people who know that they've served their country and have uh, done nothing wrong have nothing to fear from a set of investigations years and years later. So, yes, yeah, some sort of certainty. You know, these letters of comfort are a bit of a contentious subject because... Yes, some people were given them. Are they legally binding? No. But have people been prosecuted in the civilian courts and they haven't been brought forward? So if it's civilian claims, then yes, it's a different matter. So it's kind of, it's not black and white in that respect. What I, I get want that to do is get, get to a place where we have certainty for veterans. And whether that's a letter or anything else is, is neither here nor there. It's that certainty that I'm after. Okay, so that, that, that's what we're after. And obviously, Boris has come across as supporting those sorts of ideas. So hopefully... We'll push something through. It's going to happen. We'll put that to bed. It's going to happen. It's, my, it's what I work on every day. Absolutely. And so things like, you know, what happened to Brian Wood, and you'll be aware of Brian Wood's case, you know. Brian Wood's situation could not happen today. Okay. That, that, and that's that, that That on itself is coming in the know that that sort of thing will It is, will and never, that's the direction we're going. And, you know, it's not just veterans that I bring this up for as well. Obviously, I represent a lot of so, so serving soldiers with, yeah. with what I do with my stuff as well. And, Obviously, my sons are serving and they want yeah. to know that they're going to be looked after as well. So. Absolutely. There's a, there's a really important message here about um, guys who you know, serve on operations. This lawfare, the pernicious nature of lawfare, if you like, does have an operational impact in, in what we do and what we ask our people to do. So, you know, it's not only about the veteran community, a big part of it is, um, but it's about how we conduct operations today. And, and that's why it's such Absolutely. an Absolutely. And if you, you know, on a personal level, if I was still operating now and I felt yeah. that the constraints were such that I might be held to court held to bear later in something that I couldn't defend myself against, it would affect my capability as an operator. Yeah. And I'd have to think about it. Anyway, look, let's just say that, that Boris is doing his best with that, and I, I do genuinely believe that. So, um, you know, people have asked me to raise that, and I have. Mental health. <coughs> yeah. Mental health is a... Uh, it's raised its ugly head. It's not the first time. You know, you go back in history, it's been something that's dogged yeah. armies of the centuries, really, you know. Yeah. Where are we with mental health? What, what, what is being done? So what's that? undergoing at the moment is a fundamental shift in this country between the mental health challenge being met in our veteran community by a series of charities with an underlying commitment from the NHS, but not something people can rely on, to a fundamental shift towards the state guaranteeing that provision through a series of uh, services, three of them. One called TILS, which is a transition liaison service, one called a a complex treatment service, and one called a high-intensity service. And that triangle makes up the bedrock of this nation's responsibilities to her veterans when it comes to mental health. 
And this prime minister is absolutely determined to do whatever is required to make sure that they meet the need. Now, does that therefore mean that uh, you know charities and others don't have a role to play? Of course not. These services have to be run by people on the ground. And that's where any charity can bid into uh, the NHS procurement process and run, for example, combat stress run um, CTS in the in the northwest. Walking with the wounded are involved in East Anglia, you know. But it's the framework, it's the leadership, it's the direction that people have been calling for for a long time in mental health treatment. Because we have to get to, away from this place where people keep saying they do not know where to turn. That is not good enough. Um, the prime minister is very clear that's not good enough. And so I'm engaged in a job of work to make sure that not a single veteran I meet out there in the country can honestly come to me and say they did not know where to turn. We've got a speech at uh, King's College on Thursday. We're launching this officially in April. It's going to completely redesign mental health in this country. Brilliant. It's going to be called a programme. Haven't come up with a name for it yet, but it's going to be called the, the you know, the Phil programme, whatever yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. And my ambition is every veteran in this country and serving personnel knows about it and knows where to turn. Massively important because... In the cases that I've looked at quite closely, the thing that's been the most difficult to, to do is to get the guy to speak in the first place. Yeah. And very often when he has spoken, he'll say, well, I didn't know where to speak. So if we can present or somewhere in front of him where he can go. Story, right? yeah, absolutely. So because he goes between absolutely. different agencies the whole time. He's retelling his story. And by the second or third time, he's like, well, you know, A, it's very difficult to tell a story anyway. And B, clearly, like, I'm getting nowhere because you guys don't even talk to each other. The service in the past has been unacceptable. I made that very clear. And that's why I got into politics. I, I want to change this. And I think now we are uh, on the cusp of having a genuinely world-class offering to our veterans. But it requires work. It requires change. It requires everybody to come along from the for the journey, whether it's a statutory provision in the NHS or a third sector charity operating. There is room for everybody. But that leadership, that underlying guarantee of commitment from this nation comes from the NHS to her veterans, who are citizens. Ultimately, you and I are now citizens. We may have served, but we are citizens. And the responsibility for that healthcare comes from the NHS, and we will guarantee that with veteran-specific services in the NHS. I'm Brandon Webb, former Navy SEAL and founder of The Crate Club. Tired of the same old gift ideas? Want military-grade survival gear delivered to your doorstep? Then get Crate Club, the box built by Navy SEALs, Army Rangers, and Special Ops guys. With backpacks, holsters, and more military-grade gear, it's the perfect gift for the guy in your life. Subscribe to Crate Club, and we'll also include The Killing School, my best-selling ebook about America's elite snipers. That's crateclub.com, C-R-A-T-E club.com. I think the government's responsibility has been shown in the fact that they've got someone now like you working dedicated on on veterans Look, matters. Boris was the first prime minister to come in and talk about this stuff, right? He set up an office for veterans affairs. We were the last five eyes country to have an office for veterans affairs. He's come in and talked about vexatious prosecutions and committed himself to a 100-day timeline, which is Wednesday next week. You know, he is the first guy who's come in and given us the political space to get this, right? And it's my job to enact that, and I will see Do it you here. think, seriously, when, when you look at some of the other parties around, just say, for instance, you aren't the party that's in seat forever, which you probably won't likely be, all right? That's, that, no, that's the way of politics, isn't it? We are not a one-party state. Do you think that other parties will pick up on this, see what you've done, and go, right, I'll tell you what we'll do, we'll, we'll go with the flow on this one, we'll continue where you leave it? My objective was just to strategically alter the conversation around veterans and those who've served in this country. And I think we are achieving that objective, yes. No one is going to be able to come in and shut down the Office of Veterans Affairs, right? It's going nowhere. Politically, that is not sustainable. 
yes, we, we are making significant progress. And the key is to kind of get everybody to, to understand, because it's all right, you and I talking about it here in London, in my office and in the MOD about services. The, the key thing that has changed is that I judge everything in this department, not by what we put out and how much money we put into it, how it feels for a private soldier in Plymouth who wants to access mental health care or how it feels for a private health, uh, soldier who's left the army in Liverpool and needs the armed forces covenant to make sure he's on the housing list at the correct level because his child's got SCN, requires SEND education or what it may be. So it's a fundamental turning around of the telescope, not talking about how much we're putting into this system, but asking what is it actually like to be a veteran or a serving person in 2020? And that is fundamentally changing our output. Armed forces covenant. Yeah. Is it working? In some areas, yes. In some areas, no. I think the, the experience across the country is, is far too disparate. It's a bit of a postcode lottery. And that's why, you know, part of the veterans pledge that this prime minister signed up to was to enshrine the armed forces covenant into law uh, so that no individual can be disadvantaged because of their military service. That's what it was there to do. Yeah. At the moment, it's a kind of nice to have, right? So people aspire to it. There's nothing really... Guys, I, guys I always liken it to there. a bit of a toothless tiger because it's there in feeling. <laughs> Some companies so will not, say, yeah, we aspire yeah, to this, that and the other, okay. but they don't actually... No, it's a fair point. So is it a toothless tiger? Uh, I think that's a bit too strong. I do think, though, that there is a lack of empowerment on, on the people it's designed for, i.e. the military community and veterans, for them to actually use it. And what I want to do is enshrine it into law so that if they are disadvantaged because of their military service by a public sector organisation, they can take remedial legal action. They can rectify the situation you know it's, it's about empowering the guys and girls and making the armed forces come and mean something to them not to me or the prime minister but something to them and then we will have achieved our objective i think also you need the employers it needs to be something for them as well they Absolutely. need to look some employers are amazing. to be yeah but phil some employers are amazing right yeah. they, they go above and beyond they do incredible stuff and you're right some other employers will have the same uh, sort of mark uh, armed forces covenant friendly or whatever and won't do the same stuff and it, there is a challenge around levelling up that offer to people in, in, in Britain and, and So we've Britain. seen a few changes lately there was a, an income tax thing can you explain that? Yeah Where? so what that means is basically when uh, when you go and you take someone on as an employer you obviously pay their national insurance contributions what we're saying is that is that employers won't have to pay those for the first year if it's a veteran they're taking on so what you know, I'm very determined to get people to understand that having a job is the single biggest driver of life chances that you can have when you leave the military. Um, I just want to make sure that that opportunity to go into work is as wide as it can possibly be so that as many people can get through it. Part of that is the national insurance announcement this week. Do you think that the resettlement that the army receives at the moment or the services as a whole receive the resettlement packages. Do you think that's enough to launch people into the city street at the moment? Because I always have this thing whereby I say that you've got recruitment, retention and resettlement. And if one of those is out of kilter, the rest will follow. Do you know yeah. what I mean? It, no, it will have an, an, an impact on um, someone else. So resettlement uh, can always be better, right? It can always be yeah. better. There's areas in this country where it's done very well. There's areas where it's not done so well. Recruiting is actually a good news story at the moment. And the Absolutely. guys down there have yeah. done an amazing job. I've had right? a, I've uh, had a, I've had a part Tyrone of and people like that. Okay, they, you know, in peacetime, to hit your recruiting targets two months early is an extraordinary achievement. But well, the Snowflake campaign was extremely Brilliant. successful. Absolutely, Absolutely hit the nail, spot, yeah. Right? A real challenge at the moment is retention. Too many people, in my view, are leaving, and they're leaving for reasons that I'm not happy with. The impact of service life on their families. The offer. The offer is something I'm absolutely determined to protect. And so, yes, recruitment is a challenge. Because the retention, when a guy gets out because he wasn't happy, when a guy gets out, his resettlement is harder. But he takes with him a story that puts people off joining. This is the issue. Do you see what I mean? So that's... uh... 
that's where the three R's for me is absolutely so important that you get it right the whole Spot time. On. Spot on. And, you know, I'm not being funny, but it's it's the same issue around veteran suicide. Right? Every one of those is obviously a tragedy for the individual. For their family and friends, it's unimaginable. But for us as an institution, it's a tragedy for us as an institution that people go away from this career and take that course of action. I'm absolutely determined to to do more on this. Suicide is a really difficult issue comparatively to our peers. America, for example, we you know we are streets ahead uh, comparatively to our civilian cohorts. We are streets ahead, but that's not good enough because we know where these people are, and one of these is one too many. So we're doing a lot of work on it. I've commissioned a lot of data. We started from a bad place on data. I totally accept that. Yeah. But we are now improving that, um, and we will. Because the figures were very this. sketchy, weren't they? And, and and yeah, they were sketchy. They were sketchy, and it wasn't good enough. Our data set was not good enough. But from what we're seeing and what we're finding now, our, our data tells us that uh, you are less likely to take your own life if you served. In service, the suicide rate is, well, in civilian life, it's 32 in 100,000. In service life, it's 8 in 100,000. You compare this to America, okay, they're on an average of 20 suicides a day in veterans. This is a huge problem for them, and it is a significant challenge Do you for think us. the way we tee people up after we leave, if that was improved, that would have an effect? Because I get this feeling that some of the guys that are committing suicide have this void when they leave. Now, you have to fill that void, and I'm realistic about it. You have to go out and find something to do that you enjoy and that you can actually get on with so you can progress with yeah. your life. But do you think that the army tees... I'm a strong believer that your resettlement starts on the day you join the army. And 100%. that from a very early age, you should be learning about credit cards, you should be learning about the health system, you should yeah, be learning about 100%. all the things you need when you get... I never knew that. When I got yeah. out, I knew nothing. Yeah. And my missus has taught me more than the army yeah, ever yeah, taught yeah. me because she was a civvy okay, for Okay, so I'd like to think your experience now would be fundamentally different. So one of the things we're working on is, is getting PQs, professional qualifications, whilst you're in service, right? So that literally your your resettlement starts. You know, it, it's tough because you don't want the narrative to be you're preparing to leave all the time. But no. uh, you absolutely your resettlement starts the day the day you join, and um, you know, qualifying yourself up and getting these things right is is a hugely. I think a bit more cross pollination for me of actually. When I was a soldier, and it might have changed slightly, though, but when I was a soldier, you very much, there's civvies and there's serving. And there's a, there's a line there, a definite line there. And I never went across that other line until the day I got out. And all of a sudden, I found myself going, uh, civvies. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know? know, and I think I know. that line needs to be smudged a little bit. Yeah, and it absolutely. should be a bit more cross-pollination. Also, there's a bit of work to be done on our side of the fence in terms of serving community as well, of, try, of understanding that being in the military is a part of your life. But it's not your whole life. It, it, it's not going to be your whole life. You're an individual in your own right. It will be a part of your life. You you are a citizen who has served. You know, you're not joining legions. There's legions of veterans who are standalone communities. Yes, we are a, a special community and we're very lucky and we've had some amazing experiences. But ultimately, we are, you know, drawn from society and to society we return. Yeah. And it's not, none of these problems are new either, are they? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Rudyard Kipling was writing about them years yeah. ago, yeah. you know. Yeah. Tommy no, this absolutely. and Tommy that and all exactly. the rest of it. So Yeah, yeah. Cool. We're coming at the end of it. Look, thanks yeah, for having me. Um, hey, anytime. You are anything for you, I mate. You come you, on in. I could talk to you for hours, Johnny. I really could. And no doubt in sometime in the future, hopefully we'll get no, the chat will. again. Anything you need, just come. And in. I, I want to see the progress being made. Obviously, you know, we we've we spoke about quite a few things. Yeah, yet. and you need to hold me to account. Right? There's no point in me doing this job and being in this position if uh, the community that I'm doing it for uh, don't feel the benefit. So uh, you need to help hold me to account. Thanks very much for your time, Johnny. Right, that's that's Johnny Mercer MP giving me a fair and accurate account of what he's up to and what he's doing and what he's trying to achieve, which I think is absolutely superb. And thank you very much for your time. Pleasure.
All right, buddy. Thanks very much. Cheers, Phil. Thanks, man. You've been listening to Soft Rep Radio. New episodes up every Wednesday and Friday. Follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at Soft Rep Radio.